0: Episode 31, Chris Tiley.
1: Too many people accept frailty as a normal part of getting older, but you don't have to let that happen. You can get stronger and reverse any loss that you've already had.
0: You're listening to the Taylor Fit Wellness Podcast, where we explore wellness topics from A to Z, so that we can take an active approach to improving our quality of life. Okay, here we go. So I'm so excited to have Chris Tiley with us here today. Thank you so much for joining us, Chris. How are you?
1: I'm good, thanks. No, thank you for having me on. Excellent.
0: I'm, I'm so excited for our, our conversation. I'm, I would love it if you would let us know a little bit more about you so that our listeners can can know a little bit about your expertise and, you know, how did you come to do what you do? Um, a little more information would be... Uh, yeah, of course. What, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm a, a physiotherapist. So that's physical therapist in the in the states. Um, so I've been qualified well, since 2008 now, so about 13 years. Um, worked in various settings from hospitals. Then moved over to kind of sports teams for a little bit, and now I'm in in private practice. Um, so working mainly now with people who who have either just come in with some knee pain or back pain and it's, it's working with them to try and get, get the pain under control. And then, and then work on, on building beyond that and building as much sort of strength and and try to create a robust, resilient body that can cope with the demands of whatever people want to, to, to do. Um, naturally, I think through the area that, uh, that, that, the location that I work in, uh, I've tended to start to work with a lot more people who who are sort of retirement age and uh, and over the age of, of 60 who uh, have started to feel the sort of the age-related conditions of osteoarthritis and, and and several things like that that are starting to have an, a bit of an impact on their life. And through that, I've developed a real passion for trying to introduce strength training to them. Um, and that's where... The, the sort of the blog never too old to lift has come from um to try and just oh, get to, to more people and just sh- share the the positive experience that strength training can have
0: i love that so you've worked with a range of uh, um clients that probably like some of them have more experience with lifting and probably some of them have less experience with lifting mm. um never too old to lift i think is is a great you know, mantra, like for anybody, you. you know, that, that uh, maybe even hasn't been very, um, very active with uh, weight training. Um, what's been your experience with sort of like newcomers to weight training and people that are more experienced in older age?
1: Yeah, like you said, it, uh, it tends to fall into two camps that are kind of the polar opposites is either there's a people who used to do it at a higher level when they were younger, and because they can't do it at the level that they wanted they previously did they've given up on it completely uh and then there's the other camp that have never done it because i understand it, it can be a daunting environment um and if you've not if you're not comfortable with what with what you're doing in in the weights area of a gym and you can look over and um and traditionally it's been thought of as a as lot of the younger males in there that uh maybe higher egos and 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 i think that 's definitely changing in a lot of gyms you see now it's uh it's a good mix of people that go in there and and yeah it's it's just trying to show people that it's doesn 't have to be a scary place it doesn 't even have to be done in a gym uh there's there's various ways of of adding strength to uh, a a program and and it 's just showing the benefits it can have and and how that carries over into your kind of relationships with family and, uh, and, and other things like that, which I'm sure we'll come on to in a second. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, well, tell us a little bit about some of the myths that are involved with weight training as an older adult.
1: I suppose one of the big ones is, especially if someone hasn't done it before, is that they've left it too late to get started. Um, because it's, it can come across as a, an intimidating prospect of lifting a bar with 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 weights on or or lifting a heavy kettlebell it, it, people often fear that if they were to start to do it now that they might might pick up an injury or um it, they might yeah experience pain from doing so which would then stop them from doing all the other things that they love to do um whereas it's it's generally quite the opposite is most things that I see as a physiotherapist and and most age related conditions can, can somewhere along the line be tracked back to a lack of strength as one of the contributing factors towards it. But the problem is, is once someone starts to develop pain is that strengthens a fear that if they were to to lift a weight, then surely that's going to make the pain worse and I better not do it. And the, the more that we avoid the strength component, um, of a workout we allow the muscles to decondition or the, the more we just not necessarily the strength component is if we're in pain playing golf or, or tennis we might think oh I better it might be time for me to stop that and try something else and maybe i should just swim or maybe i should just cycle um and the more that we stop ourselves from doing the more our body deconditions, and the more prone it can be to picking up small injuries um mm-hmm. there's Something called sarcopenia which is the natural loss of muscle loss that uh, the matru- natural loss of muscle as we age uh which starts from the age of 30 but accelerates from the age of 50 and if we don't do anything specifically to try and counter that we will start to lose muscle mass uh and and strength with it and if that strength gets reaches a certain certain threshold then that might stop us playing tennis, and if it reaches another threshold, that might stop us going on a long walk with our family. And then when it reaches another threshold, we might not be able to pick our grandchild up, and then we might not be able to get a chair. And it, it, obviously, I'm taking it to the extremes towards the end there, but we need strength yeah, yeah. to do everything that we want to do. Um, and if unless we t- counter that, and which we can do, and we can reverse, not only slow down the the effects of sarcopenia, but we can we can. Uh, reverse the strength we've already lost and we can build that strength back up again
0: wow that's really good to know um you mentioned like after the age of 50 that it can does it accelerate at that point
1: yeah i think just biologically and and especially as we start so for example with females as we start to go into menopause and and as other just natural changes within the body that kind of helps accelerate the environment for muscle loss to happen. And then if we take into the the societal factors, like not feeling like we should be doing the more strenuous things because society tells us we shouldn't, they're actually been the things that have been maintaining some of that strength. So as soon as you stop doing them, we lose more strength. And then if you ever did want to get back to it, it becomes harder to do so.
0: Right. Right. So psychologically then there's that fear of then going back to it. So even if you did it before, Mm.
1: Oh, huge and then especially if you try it once and you develop a bit of pain you think oh no it's definitely not for me I, I won't do it again
0: how do you deal with when you have a client that comes in and they they do start weight training and they do feel pain and then they feel like oh i have to stop like how do you how do you help them over that like what are some guidelines that they can keep in mind like oh yes this is how it's supposed to feel like you know like good pain bad pain like are, course, are there, yeah. like what what can they what tools can they use to to know they're doing the right thing.
1: So I suppose initially strength training, I, strength training, resistance training. I, I tend to use kind of interchangeably. Um, if we are talking about strength training, is such it's the result of the exercises we want to be stronger as a as a result. Um, and that generally means that we need to push our muscles to the point of some fatigue, uh, and that will if we do it within fifteen repetitions of an exercise, then will start to build some strength. And ideally, we then want to increase the weight further to, to try and get that closer to five repetitions. Um, and I suppose where that comes in to answering your question is that strength training doesn't have to look like strength training in terms of going straight in and lifting a bar with lots of heavy weights on. Um, it might be for some people using your body weight um, and it might be that actually getting up out of a chair more than 15 times is difficult. Um, and, and that is actually getting stronger as a result. And then we might add a little bit of weight to it and a little bit more. And I think initially it's, it's about gaining confidence in the movement patterns and then we can add the resistance to it afterwards. Also, there's, there are several ways of adapting exercises. So if a squat, so squat movement pattern, so the, the act of sitting down to a chair and standing back up again, most people will experience that pain at the deeper part of a squat. So they then think, I can't squat at all. So actually, if you just went into maybe down to a a stool and back up again, so you just work a shallower range of movement, you can actually then load the shallow range of movement with some weight. That will build the strength in the muscles, which will then make the the deeper part of the squat feel easier. Um, The same goes for kind of deadlift type motions, is that there's various variations of a deadlift you can do, and some will suit others and some will suit um someone else and i think that's the the thing that a lot of people struggle with is that they've tried maybe a program online or they might have worked with a, a trainer who's who hasn't it tends to work with younger athletes and and participants who are a lot more adaptable and 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 can do those movements without pain and Generally, they tried these programs and there's always one exercise they can't do or maybe two exercises they can't do. So they think, oh, I just give up with it then. Or they just leave that exercise out, which means then you're neglecting a certain group of muscles. So, yeah, there's various ways of adapting each and every exercise to make it manageable. And then once you've made it manageable, the important thing is to then progress it back up again rather than staying in the safe zone.
0: It occurs to me that there's going to be probably uh, different, uh, groups of, of uh, people that are gonna have varying um, degrees of difficulty. For example, I have um, I used to work with um, it, it just so happened I had two personal training clients that I worked with simultaneously, two older ladies, mm-hmm. um, and uh, it, it's kind of amazing, like um, the difference in the two. They were both you know far on in years. Like mm-hmm. I'm talking in your like mid to late 80s. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and one of them, uh, picked up exercise in, in their fifties and they hadn't really done it before then, but they really got into it. They went to the gym regularly and for like 30 years, they went, they went to the gym. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, so they were able to do, they were able to get up and down off the floor. Um, we worked on balance exercises, but they were able to do like a, you know, Basically we did like chair yoga, mm-hmm. but, um, a lot of, um, what they did was, you know, I like to think of it like, well, they could do some of the things like some of my 30 year old clients couldn't hmm. do, you know, yeah. and, and it was very different. Um, this, this particular student had, um, sort of shoulder issues, upper extremity issues. They had had a broken clavicle. They broke their arm. They said, um, they broke their arm in three places and they completely lost their sense of humor because they broke their humor. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, but they didn't, of course. Um, and and so that was what the issues they were dealing with. The other student that I had, you know, similar age range, had a foot issue um, and their balance was was challenged. And and they ended up um, with, uh, was a much more challenging sort of um, with regard to the balance. Um, mm-hmm. They had different, definitely different, uh, different things they were dealing with. Um, you know, but they some of their um challenges were, were um what I call stand sit downs, just basically standing up from the chair, sitting down from the chair. Mm-hmm. Um and so their main work, like you said, the lower range of motion, like the further you get into like a squat, right? Mm-hmm. Um uh I would say like the last like two-thirds of the way down, or no, sorry, the last one-third of the way down, yeah. Um yes, it, when you're going to sit in a chair you know, would encourage her to just go very slow on that last part because there was a tendency to, you know, you get two thirds of the way down and then just sort of, like plop down the rest of the way, Mm -hmm. which means you're not using your muscles in that range of motion. So we worked specifically on slowing down on that very last range of motion and then slowly standing up. So tilting their pelvis. If you have your hands on either side of your pelvis, like your pelvis is a bowl, Mm -hmm. spilling water out of the front of the pelvic bowl. So anterior pelvic tilt. um, So to anteriorly tilt their pelvis and then slowly shift their weight into their feet and then slowly... In that very beginning, parts of coming up, like work through that on the way up, and then on the way down as well. So, like two different scenarios. One was, you know, able to do a lot more, and the other one had really different challenges. So, um, I guess when you're dealing with different groups like that, you have to assess them independently. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. And and I'm thinking what I the message I'm trying to get across to people is is. And there's a couple of posts on the blog, but it's it's trying to teach people variations to try themselves. And obviously, yeah, when I work with people in, in the clinic, it's I have the, the advantage that I see people one-to-one and that's all I, I do. I, uh, and it's, it like you say, it's assessing people where the restrictions are and people normally have compensated for a restriction or a lack of strength. And then just you strengthen the compensations and then you forget the thing that was actually probably more of the issue in the first place um and then with any online program out there most people tend to again just find an exercise they can't do and then avoid it and and i'm trying to show just this there are ways of adapting things and there are ways to strengthen the muscle groups that will support a movement and you might have to isolate it first and it might look the exercise safe to strengthen the quads rather than doing a a squat you might actually sit with a resistance band and do an a leg extension where you're seated and you just pull against a band and that will start to strengthen the quads, uh, which is the the muscle group on the front of the thigh, uh, for anyone who's not sure. Uh, and then once that becomes stronger, then actually the squat then becomes easier and you might then be able to pick that back up again. Um, but yeah, like you say, it's, there's a lot of self-assessment that people can do and just don't avoid movements just because they're difficult. There's a, there is a way, um, and if you're never sure and anyone listening wants to reach out there, they're more than welcome to kind of reach out and it's fucking I help as many people get started as possible. That's great.
0: That's excellent. That's excellent. Good. Yeah. So, so the myth that uh, if you've, you know, put exercise away for too long or you've started too late that you, you, you kind of can't do it. That's the myth then
1: you can. Start yeah. Anytime. And, and I think, a lot of people accept frailty as a normal part and get of getting older. Um, which is again, far from the case. And there's, there's lots of exceptions out there that you can see that uh, I think there's people in the hundreds that are still run a marathon or definitely in the nineties or that they're all doing these, these sports and these, these things that sound crazy that only, I don't know, a 30 or 40 year old should, should do. And then we should forget about those things. And, And, and that's far from the case. and, You don't have to be frail as you get older. You can you can fight that. Um, It's just knowing the right ways.
0: I want to be them when I grow up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, So so one myth then is that it's there's there's a cutoff like it's too late to start. What's another myth uh, with regard to weightlifting in older age?
1: I suppose we covered it a little bit, but is is that lifting weights is dangerous and then you're going to pick up an injury for it. Um, yes, there are risks. And if you progress too quickly, too soon, we might pick up a, a complaint or obviously there's safe, some safety issues. If you are starting to push the muscles to the point of fatigue and you're on your own and you've got a bar behind your back and you can't get back up from your squat, then there are equipment you can get, which you can then, they're called safety bars that as you sit back down into it, then they'll, it'll kind of catch the bar. Um, but no, generally, yeah, like I said, there are some, some risk involved, but for me, not doing strength training or allowing the loss of strength to continue without trying to, to challenge it, that can lead to things. So it's a uh, lack of strength will increase your risk of falls um it can not having as much impact through the bones can lead to osteoporosis Uh, a lack of strength has been shown to be one of the contributing factors towards osteoarthritis Um, and then there's several other things uh, as well as that but they're the three that i tend to focus on and talk about and by um for osteoporosis you want to to make a change and increase the bone density you actually want to do some weight bearing with load and you want to add some impact in, but they're the things that tend, people tend to be scared of. So they tend to pick swimming um, or cycling and non-impact exercises that don't really have much weight bearing through the through the body. And then that actually breeds an environment for more loss of bone density and then it, it feeds a cycle. And it's the same with osteoarthritis. So by not doing strength training, you're more likely to pick up an age-related condition or you might find that you've you develop just a, a complaint in a muscle or a joint because you haven't got the strength to tolerate the other things outside that actually require more strength than you think and mm-hmm. an example i've used recently is that my i've got a 17 month old son. um uh, thank you. <laughs> and last month i uh we weighed him and he was he was o- just over 12 kilograms um, which I think is roughly, I can't remember which way around it is. Is that about 24 pounds? I think it's about double. Be, um, sure. Which, if I ask some of my patients on the first session if they could pick up a 12 kilogram kettlebell, they'll look at me like I'm crazy. And then if I ask them if they've got grandchildren, and then they say they've got a grandchild around the same age, and well, I said, we well, you've probably been doing that already. and. And actually, they're harder work if they suddenly decide they want to be do want to be held, and they start throwing themselves yeah. <laughs> around, which they can. Yeah, um, it's yeah. a lot easier to pick a kettlebell that's you know is not going to suddenly move, not going to
0: fight you back, or do the wet noodle trick, right? <laughs>
1: <Like> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You try that. to
0: pick up a little one, and they just go limp or turn the other way. Yeah.
1: So by building strength in the gym and mm-hmm. repeatedly picking up a kettlebell and picking up a kettlebell that's heavier than that you've built a bit of a buffer and suddenly you you know your body can tolerate picking up heavier weight. So when you come to your grandchild, you don't have to worry. It's it's a lot less likely that you're going to suddenly tweak your back uh, when you're picking them up or or getting them into the car or, or, or whatever it might be. And that's just kind of one example uh, of that.
0: That's a great example. I love that because what is more joyful in the world than playing with your grandkids and then being able to pick them up um, if they want to be picked up what is it you know i can imagine like a little Mm. tiny you know little one with their arms reaching up to their grandparent and all they have to say is that little one word "up," you (laughs) know and for for the grandparent to be able to just just, yes pick them up and hug them and
1: Mm. um yeah Um, and then it's the that's a
0: great motivation right you want to be able to play with your grandkids right
1: Definitely, and then it's also the motivation of, I don't know if it, I imagine it's similar over in the in the states to here, but the cost of childcare, and if oh yeah the grandparents <laughs> can help out just one day of the week, then that helps out massively for sure. for the parents, and then it's not just that you're strengthening all kind of all sides of the relationship there, and oh, and then nice. there's the other side of things in terms of Good. sport, and the th- the first things that people tend to give up is sport. But for most people, that's their social life with it. And if they can't do the sport, mm-hmm. they've suddenly lost their social life. And it's it's not. It's never just about the strength. Um,
0: oh, I love that. It's never just about the strength, right? It's about um, social life. It's about strengthening your bond with your family. Um, that's amazing. That's really good to keep in mind. Yeah,
1: and people always just just think about the strength, and it, it's it's never about for me pushing people, especially in the as older adults, it's never about mm-hmm. necessarily looking good in front of the mirror with the and they're getting a six pack or or <laughs> worried about the circumference of the bicep or anything like that. It's it's very much about what it brings outside of the gym. because um, mm-hmm. it it's let's be honest, if people haven't done strength training up until this point, it's because they probably don't it's not doesn't interest them and it's not fun or interesting and, and that is a battle that we do have to, to to fight and it's and I, I liken it to kind of finances is playing sports or spending time with grandchildren is like it's like spending your money and time in the gym building strength is like saving and investing your money and and if we want to be able to spend our money in retirement we have to invest money first so if we want to spend time doing active things in a retirement we have to put the the uh the, the muscle strength in there and, and make sure that we're as as uh, strong as we can be and, and also that's have the mobility cool. and, and the balance and the other things you've mentioned as well.
0: Yeah. So we want to fortify our, our, fitness, our fitness and wellness bank account so that we can draw from it and enjoy the fruits mm-hmm. of our labor. Exactly
1: that, yeah. We, yeah,
0: yeah. So what would be, like, if you were going to start with someone who maybe hasn't really done any kind of weight training um, and is maybe, you know, somewhere in their i don't know 60s, 70 80s mm-hmm.
1: um
0: wh- how would you go about like um planning a routine for them would you cover all the big muscle groups would you would you just have a list of exercises or, or what would those be like you know would you
1: do so initially based off what we just talked about of people and not i think had the interest or or find it maybe a little bit dull or it, it it's yeah. a lot of the time it's because they haven't linked it to how it could improve their life, or they haven't gone in with a plan, so they're my first two points is before you even go into a gym uh or try and kind of do an exercise at home it's it's firstly identify what are gonna be the things that motivate you and almost create a few tangible goals from that um so that might be we'll keep- we'll stay on the the grandparent path at the moment, so it might be the fact that yeah you want to be able to lift your grandchild into the car or be able to lift them above their head above your head um and and be able to do the things that you imagine yourself doing with them yeah um and then every time you lift a weight or a kettlebell you then find that you can almost imagine yourself lifting your grandchild and and that's a bit of a motivation rather than just oh if i lift this one i might be able to get to a heavier kettlebell and that is there's some motivation and once you see progress you like seeing the numbers rise and that's very addictive but if you can imagine how it's going to benefit your life and you've really thought about that before you've even started then that's that's a great start yeah, then yeah. secondly is 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 a plan and it's not just a plan for the session it's a plan for say the next two or three months of 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 what you're going to do or aim to and how are you going to progress when you get to a certain point. And it's amazing. And I I suppose I was the same before I I really started to kind of look into it, but I might turn up at the gym and partly it might be because it's busy and I just see what equipment was free. And I think, right, well, I'll go over there and I'll that I can't quite remember what I did before, but I'll pick this one up and I'll just do this until I'm a bit bored and then I'll go to something else. And then I might spend half an hour doing something and then walk out. And then the next day I go into the gym, I do the same thing, but there was never any continuity or never kind of thought process to it. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I think the first one is is to have a bit of a plan of, of what you're going to do and then a plan of how you're going to start to try and build the weights to effectively bring the, the fatigue point of your muscles down. Um, uh, but I suppose in terms of what you, your, the specifics you asked there, of is it general muscle groups or is it kind of individual muscles? It's it, it's following a lot of the compound lifts, so it's the, the kind of functional movements, and that makes it easier to think about what you're doing. So I'll quickly quickly cover them. But it's it, the squat is the first one which we've covered. Okay. Which again, if you have your grandchild on your lap and you go to stand up. Then you're squatting with some weight so that's something you might do already then we've got the hip hinge which is like a deadlift motion but it's the same as if you're trying to pick up something from the floor um like or a heavy plant pot then you're doing some variation of that then there's a lunge um so you might in a lunge position go down so again if i'm carrying my son and i want to get down to the floor to pick something up if I lean forwards, he's going to topple forward. So I have to stay upright. So I tend to kind of go into that almost reverse lunge type movement to go down and then come back up again. Then you've got the rotation of the body. So again, especially if you're playing sports like tennis, you're going to want some strength in that rotation. Um, then you've got push movements. So you're pushing something away from you and then you might pull something towards you. Um, and then the last one is walking. So you might hold a weight and then walk. So if you're carrying a full uh, watering can, or you've got a, a wheelbarrow and you're walking with that loaded up, they're all things that we tend to do. And if you work on those type of movement patterns with people, I tend to find that we, you then can visualize how it's going to benefit your life a little bit easier. Um, and initially I would get people to pick programs off the exercises that will, they think will help them more. And then we can bring in some of the weaknesses later on. But again, they're the kind of quick wins Is if you can just suddenly think about, because you might only only start with three exercises, which obviously wouldn't then cover all seven of those movements. So you just pick the ones that fit into your motivation, your goals, which is why it's important to do that first, then create the plan and then move forward from there.
0: Oh, that makes sense. That makes sense. I love that there's kind of like a, you can identify like really specifically, like, you know, do this, then do this, do, you know, like, you know, seven groupings of exercises. Like, I, I think that it, it sort of gives you an idea that, like, you can cover these and know that you've done a good job of, of covering a good deal of movement that you use in your daily life. And also, I love that um, you said, like, the, 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 the person who is doing the work can, can choose Well, what do you think they would benefit, what they think they would benefit from the most, um, which is good yeah
1: and i think as much if people can just take a little bit of time to understand what we want from strength training and and how it works and then if they can pick the exercises and progress in themselves you you're more invested in it yourself and then you could be more motivated to, to carry on whereas if you're just told to do something and there's a couple of things you can't do or it just feels too difficult and you haven't got the understanding then I think that's where motivation tends to weigh in as well so I think yeah the sure, more yeah. input and active you can be with the planning stage the more you're likely to stick with it
0: yeah the more you know the why behind it like why do I want to do that oh okay yeah, then definitely. you want to do it more yeah, that's excellent. That's excellent. You mentioned the number of reps you want to build up to. I think you said within um if you can do something and um you start to get to the point of fatigue within 15 reps um and then you might want to get that to the point where you get to the point of fatigue within 5 reps. Is that mm-hmm. is that did I hear you correctly?
1: That's right, yeah. So generally they've they've shown that if you reach fatigue within 15 repetitions. So if you were getting a squat down to a chair and back up again, If the 14th, or sorry, 13th, 14th started to feel difficult and the 15th you just about managed with relatively good form, and then if I asked you to do a 16th and you didn't have anything left in the muscles to perform a 16th, then we'd Mm -hmm. call that reaching failure or or reaching fatigue. and We want to reach that fatigue point um, within 15 repetitions. And initially, that's what I get people to aim for is is somewhere close to 15 so we're not going crazy heavy with the weights to start with and risking causing an injury we're just Mm -hmm. doing something light and there's a a concept called reps in reserve so if you get to the end of the 15 and i ask you how many more you could have done if the answer is four five six seven more then it might Mm -hmm. be that we didn't pick enough weight to start with and then a lot what a lot of people exactly that yeah And what a lot of people do in that situation is they're scared to lift more weight. So they just do more repetitions and they start doing 20 and they start doing 25. And I'm not saying that's not good. It's good to be moving and it's good to do things, but it's not necessarily going to get you stronger as a a result. What you then need to do is increase the resistance that might be using a heavier weight, or if you're using resistance bands for certain movements, it's using a a thicker resistance band. Um, And then once you started to reach, the fatigue point and know what that feels like at 15 and then we can build the weight and then we might come down to 12 repetitions and then it might come down to 10 and then I kind of use a a rough guide of, of about 12 weeks is you can start to build it down towards five but for someone completely new that 12 week you might use two weeks for every stage and it might take you six months um, it, it can can take some time and it's not the same for everybody and it's it's exactly say is some people come into it and they've got some history or they've been relatively active and then some people have come in with a a lot less kind of exercise history and it takes longer to to build there but yeah it's the fatigue point is the important bit it's it's bring the the number of reps down by increasing the weight rather than keep the weight the same and just add reps to it
0: okay that's really good to know i think that um it makes sense that if if you don't you know, if you're afraid of going to a heavier weight, you might just do more repetitions, but you really do want to get to the point of fatigue. One thing that you're reminding me of is this idea of a one rep max. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I, I I always, always kind of baffled by this idea that like, you know, if you had, if you were going to try to lift something, I mean, this is kind of like the opposite extreme. I'm I'm talking about like, um, like major weightlifters like to get to like a one rep max would mean that uh you could you you could really literally only do one like that's how heavy it was like you could lift it Mm -hmm. only once i i never understood how would you measure something like that um you know but but it's much more built up to it reasonable yeah 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 it's much more reasonable to well for most of us i would say it's more reasonable to, to aim for that you know the 15 um and then bring it down right um
1: uh, yeah. And some people I do get doing one or two rep maxes um, mm-hmm. because it, I think it's a good, the uh, the more you people find their lifting and they can see their lifts. And I, I think for a lot of people, if once they've hit that point of hitting fatigue at five, we sometimes then mm-hmm. reduce it down further. And I think most people should be able to aspire to lift their body weight off the floor or their body weight in a squat as well. I want Mm -hmm. someone to see that they can do that, then that's psychologically, it's a, it's a massive, um, kind of boost and it it shows you you're far more capable of, of what most people think they're, they're actually capable of doing.
0: Wow. So if I'm understanding, um, the, the goal would be like uh, to be able to lift your own body weight, like say you had like the barbell with the weights on the ends. Mm -hmm. So your own body weight, like in those, in, in what you're lifting, (laughs)
1: Yeah. So, for example, I'm seven. No, I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm 80, about 84 kilos. Um, mm-hmm. So for me, it would have a, a bar with 84 kilos. So the bar is normally 20 kilos, and then yeah, another kind of 64 on top of that okay. is at least once okay. to be able to lift that off the floor uh, and back down again. Uh, and again, okay, most so- people can get
0: mm-hmm.
1: at least half of that. They generally can do relatively quickly, and then. Um, it doesn't take too long to build up to that but if you if i'd ask someone on day one do they think they'd ever do that then they would have thought i was crazy and probably just walked away <laughs> <laughs> um, but it is something that is most people are capable of
0: okay well that's really good to know it's good to have some guidelines around what you would want to go for you know like um
1: but just a caveat to that is anyone listening who's not done weight training for a while it, it it's definitely not something I do with people straight away. It's something you've got to build up to. And if you just go into the gym, put your body weight on the bar and try and lift it, you're probably going to cause yourself a bit of an injury because your body just can't, you it hasn't been conditioned to tolerate it.
0: Yeah. You have to definitely build up to that, build up yep. to that. So I'd love that we've covered a couple of things. Um, the idea that it's, you know, it's, so it's never too late to start with lifting. All right. You want, and then for, um, you know, to to kind of address the the fear of of weightlifting being dangerous. Um and then we talked about um sort of making things interesting, finding motivation and finding a, a and having a plan. Having a plan. Um Definitely. would you recommend like a a daily planner or like a, a fitness planner um specific to just your exercise? Like a a paper book you write everything in?
1: Yeah, I think either I mean, there's lots of digital, digital options as well out there, but I tend to prefer pen and paper. Um, I think once you start progressing with the weights and if you are doing, say, seven of the movement patterns or it, depending on how many exercises you're picking, if you then have to try and keep remembering each weight that you lifted, then it suddenly does become tricky when you come to it the next time to think, what did I lift? Was it?" And then... Then there's just more thought process and more friction in the in the sense of doing the exercise. So actually, have it written down. You step up to the the weight or the re- machine that you're going to use, and you know this is what I did last time. This is what going to. There you th- go. do. And then you can. It, it's a lot easier to do if you've got there the you go. you've got a bit of a record. I know it's good to look back as well, and sometimes you don't notice uh, just how much you have come on, and you could even just look back through the diary, say three weeks, and see that you might be lifting kind of, uh, an additional 10 kilos to what you were lifting then. And, uh, that's a big boost as well.
0: That's excellent. Yeah. You definitely want to reduce friction to uh, getting yourself to the work, right?
1: Mm. Oh, definitely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What about, um, what about that? Is, is there, um, you know, we, we talked about motivation and sort of like knowing your why, um, behind sort of the doing the work and then having a plan, um, So as far as like motivation is concerned, like any other thoughts on what might be, you know, say you have someone who's totally resistant to exercising, like maybe they, they want to do it. They understand the why behind it, but they just still have like a resistance to just to, to doing the work. Like what would you, what, you know, in your most troublesome example, you know, what would you suggest?
1: Yeah, I think accountability is a big thing. Um, So a lot of people will then use me as their accountability and and whether it's, there's a few people that use me for each session. Um, as a a few people that use me as a check-in, um, and I, and I've been in the boat before, even though I know all this and I can build my own program, if I do it for myself, it's never the same. Um, so there's a point a while back where I, I used to see someone every two months because, I knew by seeing him and I'd paid to see him. So I was kind of invested in it in a few ways that he'd know if I didn't do it and then he could call me out on it. So I would have that accountability to somebody else. So whether that's a, a trainer or whether it's a family member or whether it's someone who, else you find who's interested that you could go to the gym together. And if, you, if you've made a time to go and it's harder to back out when you know someone else is relying on on you turning up, so I think yeah, accountability is a kind of the next big thing I'd add into that.
0: That's excellent. I have a friend who, um, as their accountability, what they do is post their workouts on Facebook. So, mm-hmm. and they, I think that they inspire a lot of people by doing that. Like a lot of their friends and family, like see them doing it. And they think, oh, wow, I should do that too. And so then they feel sort of beholden to continue to, to post Mm-hmm. their um their workouts and they they literally they have the book right the the log the paper log and they they yep. you know take a picture of it and and uh, write down you know their their workout for the day um, yeah brilliant and I, and I
1: think social media type platforms have you see it for runners and using strava and things like that and uh uh there isn't a kind of set one for for strength training but yeah social media is a great way of doing that and and you see on instagram and yes the, some people won't necessarily like it but you just the, the people that want to see it will will, will see it and uh and yeah support you as well
0: yeah so accountability in whatever way works for you if it's getting together with a friend if it's hiring a trainer or coming to a physical therapist like uh whether it's like every time or once in a while i remember at one point <laughs> um, i had a personal training client and i remember showing up at their door and at this 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 was when i first started personal training i remember being so gung ho. And I I, one of the things I would like to say to my students is like, I want to teach you your form so clearly that you actually don't need me, Mm -hmm. you know, which, you know, then put me out of business. But (laughs) but that's (laughs) what I like. It was my goal. Like, I really want you to get that good. And, And one student just sort of like they just sort of crossed their arms and they looked at me and they were like, you know what? I will never not need you. (laughs) And I think what they were talking about was accountability. Mm -hmm. It really makes a difference, you know, and, you know, yes, their form, you know, I had my eye on their form, but if I didn't show up at their place, you know, at, at, you know, Oh, dark 30 in the morning, you know, to, to, to work out, it wasn't going to happen. So I think just to know that that's, that's a case. And then to know for yourself what that is, like you said, if, is it once a week, is it, um, Is it on a regular basis more often? Um, You know, I've had a few um, students that I've worked with that have been super duper uh, motivated, focused, and they had such discipline that I knew they did their work daily, like Mm -hmm. without fail. Maybe take Sunday off. One one student did that, Mm -hmm. but I actually... I've not seen a lot of people in that category. It's been just a few that have like mm-hmm. super, super motivated, and they just really did it on their own, you know. So I, I think it, even and even they had had me come, you know, and and meet with them, you know, once a week or twice a week, whatever it was, you know. So I think that's good inspiration to to find what motivation works for each individual, and then that's mm-hmm. the formula that works.
1: And it is so individual, um, and which is why it's. It is difficult to, and, and that's why people need to take a bit of uh, kind of onus on it them, yourselves to, to work out what's going to work best yeah. for you. Um, and that can help us to help you then.
0: <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's never too late. You know, the, the danger factor, you know, I think that starting slowly and really kind of building things up, that makes a difference looking at like kind of what makes things interesting to people, how their accountability can come into play. And then just kind of also knowing the framework of kind of those seven things, you know, squats, hip hinges, lunges, rotation, push, pull, and walking. Uh, I think that those are kind of great guidelines. Are there any other myths that uh, come to mind that, that we would want to address?
1: Um, Another that uh, kind of jump out at me straight away. I think uh, there is one other Let's thing go. that was. Oh no! What are you going to say? No, someone?
0: I think it's great. We've covered a lot, but you had you were you had something. Well, I
1: think there is one other thing that's it's worth mentioning is if you look at most of the physical activity guidelines out there, but that includes a World Health Organization, is most people know about the minutes of activity. So they say that we should be doing one hundred and fifty minutes of activity per week or that's moderate intensity, or if we more a bit more vigorous with the intensity, which they define it as you'd struggle to keep a conversation going because you're out of breath, then actually you mm-hmm. could do 75 minutes. So it just halves the number of minutes you need to do because you're working at double the intensity.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, so if anyone knows about them, they know the minutes, but they don't actually see that the the activity guidelines suggest that we should all be doing two sessions of muscle strengthening exercises per week Um, and that's where most people fall down. Um, so I think it's kind of a myth in there that people think that walking is enough or, or yeah, swimming is enough. And just being cardiovascular is is enough to kind of keep you uh, from in being injury free and, and being healthy. Um, you do want some muscle strengthening within that and that has been picked up by say the world health health organization in these, in these guidelines. Oh,
0: that's good to know. Excellent. So if, if, uh, so keeping that muscle muscle training and, and strength training in mind um, is very specifically um, going to be what you want to include in that in that time yeah. during the week. That's excellent. Yeah, too. and
1: it does in, it does include your minutes. So if you do the strength training, that counts towards your minutes as well, which is yeah, which is good. <laughs>
0: There you go. Good, <laughs> good, good, good. I think that's one of the other things. If you imagine kind of working out with a friend and having a conversation, like if you're having trouble having, you know, like mm. uh, you know, you're you're winded a little bit, and when you're speaking, like then that's a good guideline. You can kind of really um, kind of work off of each other and see how that's going. That's excellent. Do you have like a couple of like quick tips, like a couple of takeaways that our listeners can can um, can do immediately, but that, that you would recommend?
1: Yeah, I suppose the the easiest one, which is a sort of slight plug in in a sense, is on the, the website, told to there's a I've got a free goal planner and workout template on there. So it goes through some of the questions you might want to ask yourself um in terms of of finding out what's likely to motivate you, but also the other thing we've not talked about is is what barriers there might be oh. and if you can identify them in advance and create strategies around them. So if you're going to work out at home, where are you going to work out? Where will you store the equipment? How mm-hmm. difficult it's going to be to get the equipment out of where you're going to store it and and so on. And it, again, it comes back to that friction. The more friction there is, the harder it's going to be. So if you can create strategies to reduce friction in advance. Um, so it goes through some of that to help you find all your your goals and your, your motivations. And then it's also got a little introduction to some of the movement patterns and links to videos on YouTube of that's the various great. variations of some of those moving patterns and then a kind of template you could put them all into for creating mm-hmm. a, a small workout. Um, so yeah, I'm more of a visual person. So that's a, a nice sort of a little download that people can download for free that will uh, just help guide you on the, on that process.
0: Oh, that's excellent. I'll put a link in the notes. That'll be good. So oh, be great. If, they, uh, if our listeners go to a uh, never too old to com, They can find the questionnaire, right? Look for those barriers. Um, and they can find a template too of uh, how to put those exercises into into a plan that's excellent I love that good good um, so where else can our listeners find you you mentioned never too old to lift. com but do you have any other channels or places where you can be found
1: yeah I think the main social media i'm on I'm all all of them but Facebook is the the big one that I, um, I tend to be a bit more uh, frequent on. I'm not quite so uh, so good at using Twitter and uh, Google, uh, not Google uh, Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. And then there, there is a, a YouTube channel as well, um, which is is never too old to lift. So if you search that there, you'll you'll find the YouTube channel. And then I'm, I'm starting to be a bit more a uh, bit more regular with the, the videos I'm putting out on there. And some of them okay. are practical tips. Some of them I share people's success stories of people who started in their 70s uh, and above Um, oh that's excellent uh, and the same with uh, on the blog as well there if you go to the blog section you'll find some practical guides uh, some a bit more theory based and then some are uh, success stories there's a I call it the lifter for for life campaign so people have been generous with their stories and shared them with me and uh, just help inspire others to start
0: oh that's excellent that's excellent so the website never too old to com. so facebook is at never too old to lift as well yep. and then also youtube never too old to lift
1: Yep. and if you do want twitter it's, it's never too old to lift but the twos are number twos rather than the, the words but oh okay but everything else is written out <laughs> as, a, as you'd expect
0: oh great good good that'll make it easy to find you that's excellent wow thank you so much chris for sharing this information um I'm I'm excited for our conversation and, and just hopefully like any of you who's listening that have been thinking about working out or maybe haven't done it or they've been afraid of uh, you know, they might get a little more motivated to 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 jump in a little bit. Um and I know that uh in, in our sort of communication, um, there have been some other topics that that um we might be able to touch upon. Uh, I would love to have you come back and speak again. Would you speak again?
1: Yeah, definitely. On yeah. Anything? Yeah. Just let me Excellent.
0: know. Good. 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 I would look forward to it. I look forward to it. So, um, wow. Um, that's exciting. So I'm so grateful for conversation. Um, you know, I look forward to seeing you again soon. Um, and then, um, you know, I guess we could keep going on and on, but, uh, but for now we'll, we'll close for now and then um, we'll look forward to speaking again soon.
1: No, thank you for having me on. And, uh, yeah. And, and if anyone looks at the resources and still has questions and they don't know where to start and just, just please reach out for me. I do, I do get back to eventually to people's emails. So just bear with me for a, for a week or so. But I'll I'll get back to any queries you might have.
0: That's excellent. Then they can reach out to you through your um, through your website.
1: Yes. Yeah. Or through Facebook. You or just, through Facebook. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay. That's great. Thanks so much, Chris.
1: No, thank you. Thanks.
0: Bye. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Based on what we talked about, I made a special download for you entitled Basic Home Workout Equipment. This will give you just the basics you need to start a workout regime at home, but you can find it in the show notes or on my website, www.taylorfitwellness.com. I hope this helps. Have a great rest of your day and we'll look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks. Bye.